So Let's I have go. another unpopular opinion. So here's my unpopular opinion. Sports is better when we allow cheating. <laughs> That's right. It is episode 55 of the Promo Front Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Bill Petrie. With me, as always, the Brigadier General of the Free Britney Movement, the one and only Kirby Hossaman. Kirby, how the Cinco Cinco are you? I'm doing well, man. I, I can't believe you got through that whole intro thing that was very impressive um no i'm doing well uh things are things are going well here at the office uh humming along and uh that's always exciting when you know what i mean when, when things aren't super stressful but you're still uh active and busy and that's sort of where we're at right now so that's good how are you that's good no i'm great thank you for asking uh getting close to that time we were just talking before we got on the air as it were that uh, we're only a couple weeks away from my kids heading yeah. off to their uh next adventure and so pretty excited about that yeah. and it's always kind of nice when you're busy but you can put things a little bit on cruise control not not a bad thing not a horrible right. thing but because you're still even when you have it on cruise control you're still building relationships you're still doing those things and, and building relationships makes me think of a lot of things, but really one thing more than anything else. Do you know what that is, Kirby? What's that, Bill? Thank you so much for asking. <laughs> it's almost like I knew you might. Um, <laughs> it's our pals over at the Promo Marketing Power Meetings. That's right. We know our industry is not about the products, you know, the packaging, or even the innovation. It's really about the experience. I mean, everything's important, but it's really about the experience, and it's really about the relationships right. and building those relationships because you're always going to do business with those people who you know have come through for you. Yep. And I'm talking about those relationships with people who will see you through thick and thin. And I know you've got a ton of them. We'll get to that in just a second. And that's why I think you and I are really excited that Promo Marketing and their Power Meetings are sponsoring this podcast because yep. it gives you the opportunity to both establish and maintain your relationships in the industry. Those Power Meetings are amazing. You've been to them, I've been to them. It's the industry's preferred hosted buyer uh, format uh, event. Fabulous locations. Napa, by the way, I shouldn't even mention Napa. Sold out. So yeah. don't forget it. I didn't even mention Napa. <laughs> Palm Springs, California, Park City, Utah, San Diego, California. Great locations. And it's open to premier suppliers and distributors for three and a half days of one-on-one -on -one meetings, networking and relationship building. And space is limited. Yeah. And you've been there. You've been selected to be part of that because you have such a great organization there. When, when you think of the power meetings and what you've gotten out of them, what, what is the one thing that comes to mind, Kirby? I think the biggest thing for me, and you, you mentioned the relationship piece, but I think it's the education of new verticals to sell into. So for, for me, for example, we, you know, weren't big into selling signage. So the showdown displays or the, those folks of the world. Well, right. so at a trade show, I would walk right by because that's not really my thing. Or custom awards was another right. thing. Well, because I met them and I had 18 minutes and we really got them to, to know each other, but then also me understanding the opportunity was in front of me. All of a sudden, those pieces of my business grew 
almost immediately because I understood it and I knew who to trust to help me grow that side of the business. And so those are very specific um, areas of my business that grew specifically because of attending meetings just like that. That's amazing. And, you know, the fact that, you know, you've been in this industry nearly as long as I have, I mean, certainly 20 years, very mm-hmm. uh, close to damn near 20 years. And the fact that there's a, a segment that you hadn't sold before, right. and you were able to have that conversation in about 20 minutes that made you realize, wow, that can help me and my business grow. What an amazing thing. I mean, there's no better testimonial than that. So like you said, it's open to premier suppliers and distributors and and suppliers, there's still a few spaces left. It's They're running out. So if you're interested and you're a supplier listening to this podcast, you might want to reach out to our good pal, Mike Bloom over mm-hmm. at Promo Marketing. He can be reached at mbloom at napco.com, or you can just visit pmpowermeetings.com and learn more. Either if you're a supplier, distributor, doesn't matter, but space is limited. And this isn't one of those used car things. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's hey, just only so I- many... There's only yeah, there's so many only, rooms. <laughs> right. There literally is inventory on the shelf. There's a set number and they're running out. So help help yourself, help yourself grow your business and really learn how you can really complete the whole circle of all the things you offer. There's nothing worse as a distributor than walking into your client where you sold them apparel and see that they have calendars on a wall because they thought you were just the t-shirt guy. This is the thing. This is the event. This is the organization that's going to help you elevate yourself above that. So head over to pmpowermeetings.com or email mbloom at napco.com. You're not going to be sorry you did. So Kirby, you ready to kind of get this uh, Cinco Cinco rolling? I'm, I'm very excited to do it, my friend. Let's go. You have the promo up front part of the podcast today. That is where we're going to talk something promotional products. We've talked in the past that I've had the easy ones with a week because we alternate weeks. Who has the promo up front topic? I have a feeling you've now eclipsed that because you've got the layup today. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Kirby. Yeah, yeah, no. And uh, yeah, and so many times, I mean, honestly, the, there are obvious ones. And then like a lot of times when I bring it up, you're like, I have no idea what he's bringing up. But right, today, right. But today, yeah, it's pretty obvious. Uh, PPAI made their announcement uh, that Dale Denham will be the new uh, president and CEO, I believe, of the uh, Promotional Products Association. And I, I wanted to read super quickly. Todd, Todd Pottlebaum. Am I pronouncing that right? Pottlebaum. 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 Yep. Uh, is the chairman of the board and executive search committee said PPA Dale is the right leader at the right time for PPAI. Um, So the PPAI board and executive search committee are extremely impressed with Dale's credentials and industry experience. It goes on. Um, I, I I think I don't pay attention as much to this sort of thing as you do. You, you seem to have your, and I mean that as a compliment, you seem to have your fingers on the pulse of things like this. My initial reaction was when I saw the announcement, I was like, oh, well, that's a great hire. I mean, it was like, that, and I hadn't thought about who it might be. I have a feeling you think more about that than I do. So I was really curious to get your take on Dale Denham uh, as the new leader of PPAI. I, this might shock you. I have an opinion on this. Um, <laughs> it does. It shocks me. Possibly the worst hire in PPAI history. I'm kidding. Um, when I saw the announcement, made my heart swell with glee because I have long been an advocate that the association needs more people from the industry 
in leadership positions. Traditionally, the association has hired people from the association industry. And, and to me, that is an easier, it's easier to learn the association industry than it is the subtle nuances of our bizarre little industry here. So the fact that they hired someone with really strong industry credentials is enormous. Yeah. I agree with what Todd said. And I know Todd a little bit. He is such a great guy. I think it's exactly perfect what he said. He's the right guy at the right time. I can't think of a better person to take PPAI to the next level. And, and, And when I say that, it's different than when we normally say the phrase next level. PPAI used to employ almost 140 people. Mm-hmm. with the pandemic, they are down to 39 people. It is a different organization and it's going to need to be a different organization in the next 24 months, in the next five years. And you need someone like Dale. And you and I have had the luxury of working with Dale in Promo Kitchen. Right. We were all three chefs at the same time. And Dale understand, one of the things I love about Dale and I think you would echo this. And if not, you'll, you'll tell me. Dale's not afraid to state an unpopular opinion mm. and defend it. Right. But by the same token, he's at the same moment, he's also willing to listen to other arguments. Oh, for That's sure. a very rare gift in a leader yeah. to be determined, focused, but also open to other opinions and other thoughts on it. That's why Dale's the right choice. I don't care whose hat was in the ring. Dale's the right choice. Now, one, I do have a concern though. Okay. It's come to my understanding. He's not relocating to Dallas. He will not actually physically be at PPAI headquarters. The world has changed and the world has shifted. We don't all work in an office environment anymore as a collective. But it will be important for Dale to build those relationships with the people who are still at the association to realize his vision. And I have no doubt Dale's going to be able to do that. Dale is a people person, even though he's a tech guy and you don't normally associate a tech guy with a people person. Dale's going to have to be very mindful of making sure that he is establishing those important relationships at HQ in Dallas while he's kind of crafting his vision. And I have no doubt he'll do that, but it's, it's definitely one of those, it's, a, it's an additional layer of friction, mm-hmm. potentially, that if it's not paid attention to. Yeah, no, I, 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 I didn't know that. Um, that's interesting to me. My thought about it was, you know, in the world we're living in, um, Dale's background um, certainly made sense. You're, you mentioned the promo kitchen piece for sure. I love your point about having a strong opinion, but being willing to listen to others. That's something I struggle with personally, right? Like, Don't we I, all? Yeah. And so I do admire that. And I really believe the background in technology is unbelievably important um, in, you know, uh, honestly, we talked about the idea of uh, Bob when he was brought on and his background in finance was really important in that season. And I think, um, you know, uh, that's still important. And of course, the IT and the tech background is really important. Your point about not being there is interesting. Um, But as you mentioned, the world has changed. And I think that there are are definitely ways to overcome that. And my guess is, and again, I I don't know, because this is the first I'm hearing of it. But 
I'm sure there are direct flights from Tampa to Dallas and that'll be happening on a regular basis. So I'm not, I'm not, I don't think I'm as concerned about that. I'm not super concerned about it. I'm sure that during the course of their discussions with Dale and the board and the, and the, uh, the firm they used for the yeah. uh, search that that was just addressed. So I'm not like concerned about it. It's just one of those things when I found out last night, it was like, Oh, Oh, that didn't even occur to me. I just assumed he was going to Dallas. I think it's fine that he's not because I believe they recognize, okay, I'm not moving to Dallas. I'm not uprooting my family, which I support, right? I absolutely support his, his kids are in school and things like I, I support wholeheartedly. It's just being cognizant of making sure you're building those relationships. And you mentioned something I do want to expand on real quick. Yeah. I will say we're, we're all, it's very easy to be critical of governing bodies. It's very easy to point fingers and say, you should have done that. You might've done that. Why didn't you do this? Sure. PPAI, since Paul Bellantone's departure has absolutely hit grand slam, not home runs, grand slam after grand slam. Bob McLean was absolutely the right choice to be interim president and CEO as the industry is in the middle of a pandemic, as the associations faces an uncertain future financially, Bob was the absolute right guy. No question. And, mm-hmm. and I love Bob. I, I think the world of Bob. Dale's the right guy now. Mm-hmm. There, there's no better person suited to this. And I'm hoping that when people read the news late last week, thank, oh, sadly, it was after our, our podcast. Right, we right. Talk about last week. They, it was one of those things like what you had, you just kind of nod your head and go, oh man, that makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. Dale, Dale's the right mix of technology. Dale's the right mix of, of youth and experience. Dale's the right mix of industry knowledge and business savvy. Dale's the right mix of fresh ideas. And uh, I've done that before and maybe we need to reconsider. D- Dale's absolutely the perfect guy for the job. Yeah, I love it. All right. Well, I I, I anticipated that you mm-hmm. uh, would be positive about this choice. I like, as I mentioned, I immediately I saw it and was just like, oh, okay, yeah, that, that I, I'm excited about that. So now, I, I, that's that's good stuff. No, I saw it and think, gosh, God, Kirby's got nothing to do for the podcast next week. Everything's <laughs> laid out for him so easily yeah. now. How unfair Finally. to me. Yeah. All right. Um, Kirby, is it time to reinvest in PPE as a distributor? And I'm going to ask this question of you. You are a distributor. Mm-hmm. We have all seen the news of the Delta variant now mm-hmm. is the predominant strain of the coronavirus that is infecting people who are not vaccinated within the United States. It's, I think, 83% of those uh, hospitalized are now, uh, are infected with the Delta variant. 97, Washington oh. Post said that yesterday. Okay, 90s, so um, I might- Yeah, it's crazy okay, So my, time, my, my, my information is lagging. So we have lagged, speaking of lagging, we've lagged behind in vaccines in the United States. And mm-hmm. this is- quickly becoming the um, virus of the unvaccinated. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. Is it time? Is it smart for distributors to start looking at PPE, looking, using a little strategic foresight, 
thinking we might be headed for a little bit of a dip here. And, and you're going to have the haves who, who decided to be vaccinated and the have nots who have decided not to be. I'm not going to get into the political part of that. That shouldn't be a political part, but go ahead. It, but it, there's, it shouldn't be. That's <laughs> why I'm not getting into it. Is it time for you to you as a distributor, the global you, to say, may we make sure that people know there's still PPE available for those who have chosen not to be vaccinated and there's still a market for that? Is that a viable third and fourth quarter strategy for a distributor? No, I don't think so. Um, so I, and, and it's a great question, but I wanted to give a fairly definitive answer. I, Please. So a couple things. Uh, I would say that I don't know that I ever said you, we shouldn't ever sell masks again, or but you I did. think that but that I what I would say is clients are actively not wanting to be on that train right now. What I've kind of gone is saying, okay, so pr from a preventative perspective, you know, you still want to do hand sanitizer. You know, yep. I was ta I've talked about the little hand washing kits, things like that. I, I wouldn't hang my hat on fourth quarter based on PPE. I guess that's the answer to that. Actually, what I would say as a side note though, is I actually think we need to put our power um, of promotion and marketing behind the idea that we should be creating campaigns that we need to get people vaccinated. And that, that, that very well might be an unpopular opinion. And I don't give a shit it is I, the math is just making sense at this point when 90, again, and again, the, the, what we want to talk about the political part, the people who say, Oh, it's fake news, or you don't believe this, you don't believe that. I mean, I'm over arguing about that when the Washington post says that 97% of people who are being hospitalized, uh, have not been vaccinated. It's not political. It's just math. <laughs> so, so you said something, two, two things that are super interesting. I couldn't agree with you more about um, making campaigns, trying to work with your clients to create campaigns for vaccinations. I love that, Kirby. I didn't even think about that. So I love, and you do this every podcast, but you made me think. You made me, <laughs> and I love that. But, but here's one thing I'm going to push back on. Sure. You said nobody, nobody wants to focus on that. Mm -hmm. Nobody wanted to focus on a pandemic either, but it was thrust upon fair. us. So it's a want versus need. I guess my question is, is there going to be a need mm. for people who are not vaccinated to have PPE at their disposal? Yeah. And, and if there is a need, will they actually use it? Because no one's actually carding me for a vaccination card when I walk into a business. Well, They're taking it, it that I've said I'm vaccinated. Yeah. And I, and, and again, this, this will be the, the, po the podcast of unpopular opinions for me. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I'll take that on. I think sometimes that's your role. I'll take it this time. Uh, so, so we've proven that, and I can speak to my community. I can speak yep. to the country. We're a bunch of freaking liars yeah. because all the signs say, don't wear a mask. If you are vaccinated, if you're unvaccinated, right. please wear a mask. No one's wearing a mask. So the idea of need versus want, no one's going to wear it anyway. They're not right. now. And, and you live like that's a that's a challenge I think we're facing right now. Well, and you live in a rural America. You live in Coshocton County. Sure. If I remember the numbers correctly, 30,000 people in Coshocton County, Ohio, 10,000 people in Coshocton City proper. Yeah. Um, how many people have you seen over the last month wearing a mask? Oh, roughly? in Coshocton? Zero. Yep. Okay. Zero. <laughs> and what are the vaccination rates? In About 35%. Excellent. So there you just made your point. I'm yeah. agreeing with you, Kirby, but it's something, but I will say, kidding aside, it is something for distributors to consider Sure, because there could be a dip coming up. 
So just interesting. I thought it was an interesting yeah. topic. I love Remember the topic. Some... I love the topic. All right. You got something else for us? Um, I do. Sure. Yeah. I was just, I'm trying to pick between topics. Um, so I'm going to go with, this one might be a quick one. So this is, has nothing to do with nothing. It's just something I thought of and nothing I thought I'll run this, with nothing. I will run this by bill. So Let's I have go. another unpopular opinion. So here's my unpopular opinion. Sports is better when we allow cheating. <laughs> Where's my bottle of Jack Daniels when I need it? Okay, so, Kirby, I'm just going to shut up. You just go. No, just so, go. so like I was literally, I was at a friend's house and at a little pool party, they had a TV out there. It was awesome. And the tour de France was on. And I was like, who cares? Like this was an, a program that I lived on for seven years. And we decided that Lance Armstrong is evil because he doped, even though everybody else in the entire freaking sport doped, it was more interesting when he was in it. I would say the same thing about baseball. I miss Mark McGuire. Screw this entire league batting 200. I think sports are better when cheating's allowed. That's my take. Okay, so... <laughs> I don't even know where to start. Sports better <laughs> when cheating allowed. Okay, here here's what I would say. I agree with you, and I don't. Okay. I think what I think, and I think when I say this, you'll nod your head in agreement. To me, it's just making sure it's an even playing field. Totally. Every everybody cheats, or nobody cheats. Period. So I don't have a problem in the late nineties when Roger Clemens was hopped up on goofballs throwing 127 miles an hour. While and he was Mark 54. McGuire, <laughs> yeah. And Mark McGuire's hitting 580 foot home runs because it was an equal playing field. The only problem I have with cheating is the unfair advantage component of it, which is, I think knowing you, you're a fair play guy. Mm -hmm. That's the issue. It's the unfair advantage. If everybody's doing it, I don't care. And I love the Tour de France. I'm a dork. I love the climb sure. up Laupe d'Huez, the Hill of Truth. I do. I'm a dork. But again, I assume everybody is on EPO, which is generally the... the they uh... all are. <laughs> but so, so here's the thing. I think it, as long as it's an even playing field, I'm fine. But there's never... 100% in even playing field. Right. So when it becomes so much of a part of the sport, like steroids did in baseball, you have to make a decision. Every We don't care and that's fine or we have a problem with it and it's not. I think, I guess this gets into so many different conversations. I, I, I agree with you for the most part, but it's it's got to be... 95% or more or else there's a problem because you don't there's always going to be the people who don't dope and they've worked hard to get there sure, sure. and they're disenfranchised now yeah I, I it's so, one thing if it's a if it's one thing if it's legal and it's a choice right. and look you don't want to you don't want to do steroids that's fine but you may not make the major leagues but we're allowing it Right. Well, I guess in I, you're viewing it from the, the perspective of the player and I totally get it. And I, I am like, I, again, looking at this I, I, as an entertainment thing, I just want sports to be entertainment, which is what it is to me. And so I, I, I just realized that I liked those sports way better when 
before the sports writers took the holier than thou attitude that that uh, wow. none of these people can do this. And again, it got the idea that they're not in the sports hall of fame, uh, baseball hall of fame is a, let's not get into that. Don't, but again, by the way, this now could be a 40 hour long podcast <laughs> with the way you're going. No, the sports writers are a bunch of, of uh, cheese eaten surrender, surrender monkeys from yeah. as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> I don't care. I hear what you're saying. It's just one of those things. I think it's an all or nothing. We want an even playing field. That's all we all want. We right. can deal with lower home runs and lower things as long as everybody's on the same level. Maybe you, I, I, well, I, I think you want more. You want oh, more home runs. I do. All right. All right. That, like I said, that could be a quick one. I just had it. I thought Bill, Kirby, Bill will be I, curious about this. Kirby, I know this is something near and dear to your heart. Free Britney Spears. <laughs> sure. I, sure. I know you've been following her battle with the conservatorship, the, the group of people that's essentially running her career. And I know you've at least seen, I know we're joking a little bit, you've seen where you know, she's trying to get out from under that conservatorship. Her father's involved. Right. She doesn't have control over her finances. She doesn't have control over her career. We're not going to talk about that on this podcast. That's for other people to decide. But what I'm going to talk about is the guy in Canada who printed up 10,000 free Britney t-shirts with, with her name spelled wrong. <laughs> yeah. So for those of you who aren't paying attention, her name is spelled B-R-I-T-N-E-Y. That's Britney Spears. He spelled it Britney Spears, B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y. And he printed up 10,000 t-shirts, not because he's so devoted to the cause, he couldn't spell her name correctly. And he was going to donate 20% of the proceeds to the free Britney campaign. That doesn't sound official to me, but whatever, that's fine. Um, and and obviously he misprinted up, uh, misprinted 10,000 t-shirts and he's begging. I mean, begging britney spears fans to please buy his t-shirts because if he doesn't if they don't he's gonna donate them to a third world country we we can get into a big discussion about yes she should have known what her name was and somebody should have seen a proof and made sure this i we that is stuff we've talked about 500 times on this podcast what i want to know kirby is if you printed up 10,000 t-shirts that were wrong where would you donate them that's all I want to know. That's all I care about. That's all anybody cares about. What yeah. would you do with them? I've got my answer. I want your answer. Good Lord. Um, so number one, I'm not sure I would want to tell anybody. Like literally. <laughs> <laughs> my God, that's the greatest answer ever. That's perfect. Absolutely. Why would you even tell people? Maybe I just eat it, right? Yeah, I would just eat it because if I'm going to donate, I'd eat it. And if I am going to donate, I'm not even telling anybody that, that either. It's just going to be like, right. oh yeah, my competitor down the street did this dumb shit, but I, right. I got the boxes. So here you go, Goodwill. Whatever. Wouldn't you so. have some satisfaction watching on ABC News, people wearing free Britney with the wrong spelling t-shirts <laughs> in Uganda? Yeah. And you're just like, man, I wonder who that was. Just kind of look one way and the other. <laughs> that wouldn't be yeah so I, I i don't know who i'd donate them to but i just i don't think i'd tell anybody okay well i donate them to you so that's my answer all right kirby i think we're done here let's yeah. go to the game right. i think i think we've beaten this horse to death a little bit this is the first anniversary of yes. brand of eight so okay. um we've been spending the entire week talking about our first anniversary and had a little fun with a lot of the content yep. so i want to do a game with you if you're willing to play kirby 
Kirby's book of firsts. I want oh. the first time you've done things. We want oh, to wow. learn a little bit about Kirby. <laughs> a little nervous, but um, sure. You should be. Are you ready? Okay. I'll try. All right. So I'm just going to ask a question and I want your honest answer. Okay. The first movie you remember seeing in a movie theater. I think I might've been E.T. Okay. Uh, uh, it was it, yeah, I think it was E.T. That was, and again, I wasn't, I didn't grow up in a household where we went to the movie theater all the time, but I was pretty young when E.T. came out. Um, I, and, and I, you know, I'm not sure. I, I'm assuming I cried when, you know, he died and all that sort of thing. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna go E.T. I think, I think. E. Good answer. For, you're a, you, you're a voracious reader. Yes. First book you remember reading. The Cat in the Hat. Okay. Um, so yeah, I love Dr. Seuss. I actually, there was a point in time in my life that I had almost that whole book memorized. Okay. First pet. Uh, I had a dog named Pete. Uh, he was like a poodle mix or something like that. And so, okay. And, yeah. He was great. Uh, first, the name of the first girl you kissed and your age. Heather something. And I, I think it'd have been fourth or fifth grade. Let's hope Heather's not listening because he doesn't remember your last name. I, First actually, do, concert... I actually do remember her last name. Okay. Which is oh, I'm not oh, oh, okay. Because <laughs> Shockton's a small town, folks. Um, first concert you've been to. First concert you ever went to. Yeah. See, you've asked me this before. I always struggle with this. I didn't like when all of my friends in high school were going to all those big concerts. Mm -hmm. I wasn't. I I didn't go to a lot of those, and I I, I regret that. I okay. think the big, the first big concert I can remember going to was Def Leppard. Okay. Def Leppard. Nice. Your first car, Kirby, your first automobile. A 1973 orange Volkswagen that had a hole in the floor that literally you could see the ground as you were driving. I bought it a, for $300. A Volkswagen Beetle? Yep. So my first car, just coincidentally, and I, I, I'm not participating in your game, was a 1973 yellow volkswagen super beetle i don't know what the difference was between a beetle and a super beetle i'm pretty sure it was like three hamsters i had extra to run the engine yeah but that's okay yeah all okay. right first time you went on an airplane and where you went oh man i don't know that i remember uh Boy, that that silence is podcast gold yeah sorry um i'm gonna go it probably, I think I maybe flew with my family down to North Carolina okay. um, on a vacation. That would be my guess. Okay. I, I'm not sure. First time you left the country, where'd you go? First time, I would have been Canada. I would have been mm -hmm. 19. It would have okay. been my 19th birthday because in 19, uh, in 19 you could go, you could drive across say, and buy could, beer. You could drink in Canada in 19. <laughs> I know it. January 12th. I can tell you the day. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. First time you had an alcoholic beverage and age location. Let's go. I'm sure Come it on. was 19 in oh, Canada. Oh, bullshit. <laughs> bullshit. Bullshit. Come on. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say I was probably a freshman in high school at a party. Uh, it's probably Bush Light. <laughs> Bush? Whoa. All yeah. right. How do I put First time you ever made... Um, how do I put this? I'm not going to answer um, this. <laughs> the first time you ever made an entire meal by yourself, what were you thinking? <laughs> okay. An entire meal by myself. Uh, I would have probably been uh, 
probably, so I was very spoiled uh, growing up. I realize that now you don't realize it. Um, sure. But my mom did a lot of the cooking and stuff like that. So I would probably say it was late high school. Um, probably Do you when remember I was trying what you to, made? Uh, it would, I'm sure it was spaghetti. Okay. <laughs> you know, something super easy. First job you had. Um, I worked at McDonald's for like a quick minute. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, like and because I, I really didn't like it. I ended up leaving there and going to a local grocery store. I, I actually worked mm-hmm. there for a, a decent amount of time. Yeah. Um, but so it was either McDonald's okay. or Bueller's, depending on how long the, <laughs> that you What did count. you do at McDonald's? I'm curious. Uh, it was back in the back, um, you know, okay. cooking fish fillets and right. stuff like that. Let, let's get a little more current. First mistake you made as an entrepreneur. And we've uh, all made oh yeah gosh. countless mistakes. I, the first one that you remember. Yeah, I would say that, uh, and this is kind of a big one. Uh, we started, a, Amy and I started a candy bouquet franchise. That was one of my I first remember. businesses that we started. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to the bank, got some, you know, did the sort of traditional thing. I, I didn't get enough money uh, from a cash flow perspective. So I was constantly on playing catch up. So the That's mistake exhausting. was I didn't, I didn't get enough to really get the business launched. We, we survived and get it for six yeah. years and sold it and stuff. But man, it sucked because I didn't have the cash to do what I needed to do. Great answer. I really, seriously, I love that answer. First piece of content you ever created that was intentional. Hmm. I would probably like, I would probably call it the weekly word. Um, it's okay. been a long time since I, 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 I did that. blogs. I did some other stuff, but the weekly word was probably the first time I did something consistently weekly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, I got a little bit of traction. That's when I probably it was before delivering marketing joy. Um, and so I would say weekly word was probably one of the first, first event you ever spoke up in front of a crowd where you were doing like a keynote or a education session. Um, I think, I would say that uh, at PPAI, uh, I think okay. one of the expos, I was probably one of my first big, like I did smaller groups and stuff like that locally, but PPAI, I think was the first, was gracious enough to give me a stage. Sorry, I, I've just been handed some extra ones here. Whoa, <laughs> yeah. didn't, didn't expect this at all. All right, real quick, rapid fire, Kirby. Okay. First tattoo. Don't have one. First piercing. I don't have one of those either. Uh, Wait, I, first, I, did, I did have an earring when I was Okay, first, first crime you committed, both misdemeanor and felony. Um, gosh, I don't know that I want to uh, admit this. Okay, we'll move on. <laughs> I think the real, this is the one that surprised me most. The first time you realized how awesome a podcast partner I was. You know what? I actually really realized that before <laughs> yeah. we did a podcast. We did Do a not answer that question. Live. We did a salt and pepper live before we had the podcast and we, we fielded questions live from the audience. And it was one of the most fun things I've ever done sober in Vegas. Well, I was joking, but thank you. That's a very nice compliment. And it's about the relationship you and I have. And I love our relationship. And that's really what our industry is about, isn't it, Kirby? Building those relationships, whether you're a service provider and a distributor or a distributor and a supplier. And that's what we're going to talk about real quick as we thank our good pals over at Promo Marketing, their power meetings. They have really set the mark in terms of creating those events that help you establish those relationships. That's one of the reasons why ASI Chicago last week was so hard for us to watch as we weren't there. We had the FOMO because people were reestablishing those relationships they've had. We couldn't be there. We couldn't shake the hands. We couldn't hug the people. 
promo marketing has done that for you. So that with their power meetings, they are really great. I told you earlier, the Napa one, too bad. So too sad, sold out too <laughs> late this year, but they still have spots available. Palm Springs, Park City, San Diego. Nice and places. Both, <laughs> both uh, nice is the worst word to describe yeah. those places in the history of ever. But there's uh, very limited spaces for both distributors and suppliers to go ahead, contact our good pals over at Promo Marketing and the Power Meetings. That's pmpowermeetings.com. Or you can email our good, good friend, Mike Bloom at mbloom, B-M-B-L-O-O-M at napco.com. He'll get you where you need to be. I'm telling you, it is a game-changing event. They've been doing it for a while. They know exactly what they're doing, and they know how to build, help you build those relationships that are going to see you through thick and thin. So I know, you know, well, and it's fun. Your it's, <laughs> and fun. it's fun. It really it's is fun. It's yeah. fun. You know what else is fun? Kirby doing this podcast with you. So thank you for doing episode number fifty-five with me. I look forward to episode number fifty-six next week. Thanks, buddy. That's right.